This is Takeaway Only, a podcast about the hospitality industry in crisis. I'm Howie Kahn, and these are the stories of the people who take care of you. Today's guest is Julia Sullivan, chef and co-owner of Henrietta Red and the Party Line in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville is one of the most tightly knit hospitality communities anywhere, and especially right now. Coming up, hear how Julia and a team of chefs have joined forces to take action in their city and state, how a tornado prepared her for a pandemic, whose fried chicken she's serving for staff meal, and much more from her resilient kitchen. We're back tomorrow with an all-new guest. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Stay tuned now for Julia. Julia, hi. Hi, Howie. You're joining me from a, a supply closet, it looks like. Yes, in the Nashville Symphony, which is where our catering company is housed. Tell me about what's been going on in Nashville for the last couple of weeks. It's a place near and dear to my heart and the restaurant community. I, I truly love and feel like it's tight, like, like no other, even in a normal time. So I would imagine now that feeling's intensified. Yeah, absolutely. So the progression of this has been really interesting in Nashville because prior to things really accelerating with this crisis, we had a tornado come through Nashville on March 3rd. And so Henrietta Red was about a block from where a lot of damage happened. Um, The restaurant itself wasn't damaged, but we had three condo buildings within a block of us that have been, um, you know, totally evacuated and condemned. And so we lost power for six days and sort of jumped into crisis mode, relocated our walk-in to the symphony center and started processing it into meals for people who were um, affected or people who were responding to the crisis. And Nashville came together in a really amazing way then, just clearing debris, volunteering, bringing supplies. And by the time we reopened the following Monday, I was sort of cautiously optimistic and said to my staff, you know, now that we're done talking about the tornado, let's talk about what's about to happen now. And we immediately reduced capacity and prepared. And within a week, it was very clear that we just weren't going to fully reopen and made the decision to close. And a few days later, really via text message, some chefs began saying, hey guys, what are we gonna do about this? You know, we're all closing, we don't know what to do. We're worried about our businesses, we're worried about our staff and how can we work together? And from that, a pretty amazing coalition about 40 chefs um, emerged in like a 24 hour period. And we focused our efforts on a few different things, which are, you know, political action on a state level, but also trying to get as involved as we can with some of the things happening on the national level. And then also fundraising, um, you know, to hopefully provide a little bit of a safety net, mostly for our employees, tipped and hourly workers during this period. It's pretty amazing. It's amazing that you were already in disaster mode and had to go from natural disaster to pandemic in, in a matter of minutes. Yeah, really, truly. I mean, I think, you know, our team has been working very hard and in a way we feel like we haven't been out of crisis mode, um, you know, today's April 3rd, so in a month. And I think it actually helped us mobilize and pivot very quickly because we were already sort of, you know, saying, what can we do? What can we do? And so, you know, we, we 
moved the contents of our walk-in for a second time and then immediately started a weekly meal delivery model from our catering kitchen, which is what we're fully immersed in now. And so far it's going really well. Who are you serving meals to? We're serving meals to, you know, we started talking about this, um, I think on Friday, the 13th, March 13th. And by the next Thursday, you know, as, as a, we were seeing events, this is the week that everything was accelerating. We were beginning to see events cancel so quickly that I was worried we were going to overdraft our bank account, just returning deposits to customers. You know, like you said, it's a small tight knit town and we didn't want to tell anybody, I'm sorry, we can't give you that deposit back now. Um, so we started, you know, moving into action just basically as a way to cover our butts and then um, thought we might get 20 or 30 signups. And now we're serving, I think, over 200 families in Middle Tennessee um, with deliveries of both weekly prepared meals, um, CSAs, and then grocery items as well, trying to buy as much as we possibly can from our local suppliers, obviously to keep our local economy moving, but also because we've seen that our distributors are just, just as crippled by this as we are. And so they're moving product much more slowly. We're not necessarily able to um, get what we need when we need it. And um, it's possible that it might not be the quality we typically expect. So really trying to just keep as much moving locally as we can. We've employed two of our farm purveyors and their truck drivers to help us with deliveries because it's more than you know our core team can handle, quite frankly. So that's been a pretty awesome um, way to work together with some of the people who are already our, our vendors and friends. How often are you visiting these 250 families and how does, how does the family qualify? Um, these are, so these are, uh, we're doing every delivery on Tuesdays and we'll see, we'll see if we can continue that way. But we basically have about five different routes all over the county with the two farm vehicles and then some, um, a catering vehicle as well. Um, and they, there's no qualifying. Um, some of them started as catering customers and then, you know, um, I started a very like ground level marketing campaign. I grew up in Nashville, so I sent it to my 300, you know, friends and family. Uh, my mom posted it on Nextdoor, you know, so we got a lot of signups. But we did try to keep the price point very reasonable, so it was accessible for, you know, a family of four. Um, and, you know, we kind of are joked a little bit that we went th from processing the contents of our work in, walk in to, um, you know, feed, feed people who were decimated by the storm to processing the contents of our work and to try to sell food to keep our business alive. Um, and so it, I think it's a real mix of clientele, actually. Interesting that you've also had to figure out logistics that you've never really had to think of before, like trucking routes. Yeah, absolutely. Which our logistics person, Emily, was doing um, by hand on Google Maps the first two weeks until one of our farmers said, you know, they have apps for that. And so we were able to plug everything in. But it's been a serious learning curve. It's like every week we have an aha moment where we say, gosh, if we just do this, it'll be so much easier, more efficient and ultimately provide more rest for our team, and, you know, from an efficiency standpoint, but also better service for our customers. And so we're really asking for a lot of feedback from them to make sure that we're, we're like um, greasing the right wheels. And it's been interesting. The feedback has been so, um, you know, I think a lot of us are real sensitive to feedback because we're used to internet platforms where people can speak their mind very openly, but we've gotten like the most compassionate 
helpful response from our customers. And, you know, especially on delivery days too, like people leaving notes on doors saying how grateful they are for the service. And, um, you know, so it's something we, you know, are, again, cautiously, cautiously optimistic about, but just so glad that we're able to respond to a need right now. Tell me about the Tennessee Action for Hospitality group and how, that, uh, how that's been going and what you guys are hoping to achieve within the state. Yeah, absolutely. So the group that emerged as a coalition stemmed from the first text thread that I referenced. Um, Brian Lee Weaver from um, Butcher and Bee, you know, reached out to about uh, 10 or 12 of us. And within a couple hours, that text thread had gone to 20 and we exceeded capacity for um, iMessage. So we moved it onto WhatsApp. And now it's about uh, 40 chefs on this thread, but um, once, you know, we sort of have ongoing communication about the political action things, um, but we, you know, came out very strongly, very early about things like being able to um, sell alcohol with our on-premise licenses and um, things that we felt like we could use our inventory to, um, you know, provide an income stream right now. Um, And then once we, you know, made, had some momentum with those goals um, in communication with our local offices and our state offices. We sort of pivoted towards fundraising. Um, and we started a fund, we're calling a fund for us in partnership with the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee. You know, if we're a group of independent restaurants and we don't have a 501c3, then there's this amazing community resource that can sort of uh, run, the, you know, be an impartial third party and run that foundation for us. Um, and we took some initial donations from um, a coalition of uh, alcohol distributors across the state, as well as um, our good fr- friends at Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery that makes Belby, Belby bourbon. And we are opening the fund today with about $265,000 in the bank. Um, and we're going to start, you know, aggressively seeking out uh, additional donations, both from consumers and from um, corporations. And the idea is that each business owner, each independent restaurant can apply to have their organization be part of the fund. And then we can let our employees know they fill out an application and are reviewed for grants for up to $1,000, which, you know, depending on how long this lasts and how much we raise, they can continue to reapply for. Julia, that's incredible. You guys have formed your own small country in terms of its, (laughs) its logistics and an economic structure and the ability to provide aid and relief, both the kind you can eat and the kind you can put in your bank account. I mean, you must be very proud. I don't know if you had a moment to be proud, but that's awesome. Yeah, I do feel proud. I really feel proud of um, my team and also of our community. I mean, I think the way that people are just, you know, putting everything down and working together and identifying opportunities to work together on things is really amazing. Um, I know my team has been pushing hard and we're really trying to build in more and more rest because I think it's very difficult for some of us to be still working when our friends and our partners and our families are at home or we're, or if we've chosen to separate ourselves from them. So it's, it's complicated on a lot of different levels. And so I am very proud, you know, that, that, we, that we have been able to keep this going and, and to identify ways to make it sustainable. And we definitely recognize that it's going to be an ongoing challenge. And so that's sort of what we're constantly trying to communicate about. That's a lot of money fast, too. I mean, $265,000 is, is yeah. no small chunk of change. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, the grants are up to $1,000. So already we're able to service, hopefully, 
hopefully up to 260, uh, you know, hospitality workers across the state of Tennessee, but um, we're hoping to grow that number by quite a lot. Even just the momentum of that and, and, and the, the feeling of being able to do that must be important for people's sense of hope. If you can make that in, in a week and a half, right? I think so. And I mean, I feel kind of the same way about the meal plans. We're offering uh, four-week subscriptions because we're trying to structure it a little more like a CSA model to build ourselves some cushion, you know? But I think that the of offering something that's going to be around four weeks from now, you know, gives you something a little to look forward to. And like, wow, this is, you know, a, a solution rather than just a quick fix or, a, you know, us seizing on an opportunity. And similarly, we've done like a fundraiser at my restaurant, Henrietta Red, and structured it more like a Kickstarter than a GoFundMe to where our community can buy in, you know, whether it's a t-shirt or um, an event, uh, a party, a backyard oyster roast, again, just to give people something to look forward to for when we reopen, like, let's, you know, pay for a party now and let us thank you with our service later. And, you know, we're all going to get through this and let's look forward to that time. I see it on your website right now. There's all these great items people can, can buy from a private boozy brunch for 12 for $1,200, which is a steal to a restaurant buyout for 25 K crawfish boil for 20, 7,500 K. These are all great things. And I, I really admire the, in, the ingenuity. Yeah. We also have a marmalade on there that we made from um, bar produce that we took from bars and restaurants um, during the tornado. And then also when people shut down for the second time. So we made here in our commissary kitchen for the catering, we, we made a big batch of marmalade and the sales from that specifically will go to the Tennessee Action for Hospitality Fund. You know, your marmalade sold out. I know, because we, we, we need to order more jars, but we, we'll be back in production soon. I'm ordering so many jars of things from restaurants all over the country. As soon as you restock, I will, I will add that to my list. What's, what's in the boxes? What are people getting for, for these meal plans that you're putting together? And how much does it cost? Uh, we're trying to do things that are pretty family friendly. Um, we know that, you know, people have different dietary restrictions to contend with. And so we're kind of... So we can serve the greatest amount of customers with the greatest efficiency. We're trying to keep things like fairly streamlined um, and family friendly. So, you know, for instance, this week we made uh, fajita kits and burger kits as well as chicken pot pies. And you know, we have the reheat instructions all posted on our website. So as soon as you get your box delivered, you can decide what you want to eat and look it up there. Um, our, our starting price point was at uh, $75 for a family of two to three for the week. We had to raise that a little bit because, again, we've seen, you know, our packaging needs are, are more intense than we thought. There's been a few supply chain issues, so we've had some price fluctuations. Um, so now our, start, our entry point is about $95 uh, for a family of two to three all the way up to, um, you know, we have increments for a family of four to six. So um, again, we're trying to keep it very reasonable and are able to do that also by having grocery add-ons and special menus for things like Passover and Easter that we can, um, you know, position a little differently to help our ongoing sales. Incredible idea. And it's an incredible way for people to get great food that lasts while also supporting their local restaurants. Yeah, I will say we also did a, a great online cooking class last Friday, where because we were on these delivery routes already, we made the ingredient 
kits and deliver them to people's doors and they could sign on like this on Zoom or watch me cook for a few hours and they have everything there, the mise en place ready. And it was so fun, but one of the most touching things about it is we picked a very like classic dish. We did cockavan and sort of went through the steps. And that's something I would never serve at the restaurant, uh, but it was a good teaching tool. And at the end, the response we got was like, we want to we want to do your food. We want to do this Henrietta Red dish. We want to do this toast that we love. And that was so touching because I think even though we're doing, you know, this kind of family friendly menu for um, our pretty typical clientele, like people, people miss these restaurants and people want to be back just as badly as, as we do. And, and we really, really hope that all the energy we're putting into it means that we'll be back and, and be able to see them, you know. That your mention of that toast just kind of jogged my my memory. The eating that toast, I love yeah. that toast. Tell us about that toast. That toast is actually created by our chef de cuisine Pam, who is you know just incredible with her um, flavor combinations. But we we like to always have plenty of vegan and vegetarian um, menu items, and so it has a you know sourdough base with a a tomb, which is a raw garlic puree. And then it has fried broccoli, some blood orange segments, a little bit of niçoise olive, and so like a duca crumble on top. Uh, and it is one dish that people love so much. They request all the time. We see it recreated on Instagram all the time. It's a big hit. What's, what's the rest of your day like? Today is Friday. Yesterday was delivery day. And, um, and for us, it was the first week we used um, on Fleet, our new delivery app. And so we have much less um, fixes to, to contend with this morning. Um, so we had a, a good team meeting about um, things we're going to change moving forward, um, how we're going to step up our um, health and wellness game. And uh, now we're just kind of winding down for the week. Uh, we we're working out of the symphony, which unfortunately is closed. And so normally while we're kind of here seven days a week, right now we have to be out on Saturdays and Sundays, which I'm actually very grateful for because I think it sort of stops us from just, you know, pushing, pushing, pushing all the way through. So we're working with a small team. We're splitting the shifts. But on Friday afternoon, we all get to go home and spend the weekend at home um, it's beautiful in Nashville, so hopefully um, in our backyards, <laughs> taking care of ourselves a little bit. That sounds really. That sounds really good. Eh, it's really nice talking to you. You you have such a sense of of mission and assertiveness. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, I appreciate you. I really enjoyed listening to this series. So many people I admire. It's nice to know that we're not in it alone, even though it feels that way sometimes sitting in a supply closet. <laughs> Totally. Supply closets, like I said, are great places for recordings. Um, and, you know, I'll say it again, nobody's alone. Everybody's going through this together. We're, we're isolated, you know, in our own, own little Zoom boxes. But, um, you know, you're serving your community in Nashville. is working really hard to raise money and take care of its restaurant people and take care of each other. And, uh, you know, it's one of the places I'm following really closely. I love following you. And I wish I could just pop over to Arnold's for some fried chicken, you know? Yeah. No, we, all, we ordered it for a staff meal the other day, so that was fun. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I would order it for a staff meal pretty much all the time. The show's called Takeaway Only. So, Julia, what's been your big takeaway from working and, and surviving and pushing your business through this pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot. And, you know, my, my first instinct is to say, you know, the silver linings of it all and seeing people come together and be creative. But... Actually, I think the first thing that came to mind when I was um, speaking with my business partner about what 
the heck are we going to do? You know, this was several weeks ago now. And I think the realization that I had is it's just ridiculous. I think that small businesses and restaurants are expected to fundraise without creating some sort of emergency reserve for themselves. You know, we're always so focused on the build out and the decor and the menu development and the training. And we don't, um, we don't leave anything for ourselves. And I think, you know, any financial advisor in the country would tell you if you're an individual, you should save, you know, three months salary and expenses for your emergency fund. And I think moving forward, restaurants should do the same. I, I personally won't fundraise for a business again without having some sort of reserve in the bank. Um, it's just too risky. And I think that if as restaurateurs, we are going to expect our investors to come back, we need to be able to provide them with a sense of security that we're prepared for something like this, that we have a safety net in this situation. Because I, I believe this is going to happen again in our lifetime, whether it's a tornado or um, you know, a recession or a pandemic. We've seen it before and I think we'll see it again. And I think we need to start um, preparing ourselves that way. I agree. I really admire your ingenuity, and I also kind of love the the serendipity of the fact that you guys had started this catering business, the party line, not so long before all of this. So that infrastructure was there for you, which makes it a bit easier to cook for people outside of the restaurant and mass audiences yeah. around around Tennessee. So it seems like somebody was watching out for you guys, which is great. <laughs> Gosh, I, I truly feel that way with the tornado in now. Um, you know, I feel really lucky to be in the position I am with our team. And um, I hope that we can keep it, we can make it last. Julia, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate your time and your work. Yeah, you too, Howie. Thanks for having me. That was Julia Sullivan. You can follow The Party Line on Instagram at the underscore party line and Henrietta Red at Henrietta underscore red. Follow Tennessee Action for Hospitality at action underscore for underscore hospitality. Coming up tomorrow, Caroline Glover from Annette in Aurora, Colorado. Thank you so much for listening. Takeaway Only is produced by Casey Kahn, Rob Corso, and me, Howie Kahn, for Freetime Media. Our logo is by Reynald Philippe at B-Poles. Music by John Palmer. Special thanks to Kristen Millar, Antoine Ricardou, Raphael Weil, and to the whole team at Welcome. Check out their important community-building work at welcomeconference.org. We're back tomorrow. This is Takeaway Only.